probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome to The Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me again today is... Crystal Beth from The Fifth Element Podcast and Unlimited Lives Radio Podcast, and uh, the internet. (laughs) Just from all over that place. I'm from the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for coming back today. Oh, of course. I'm... You know, just excited to just talk about this movie so much because it's so good. <laughs> I'm so glad I could be I could be the reason that uh that you had to watch this movie. That's that's pretty awesome. And th- this I know it's a it's a legendary moment for the Thing Minute podcast. We we got you to watch a movie you'd never seen. <laughs> I know. Oh, and I was so skeptical, and then now I can't stop thinking about it. And I talked about it all night last night as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's as soon definitely, as we finished the podcast, I was like, I go talk to everyone. <laughs> it's definitely one of those movies where you're like, like you immediately have to feel like you have to have a, a long conversation about it. <laughs> yeah. So, good for podcasting. Yep. Um, so today we're talking about uh, minute 92 of The Thing, which begins with uh, Max saying, we're not getting out of here live and ends a minute later with uh, somebody axing the gas tank on the back of the tractor and starting to let that pour out. So... Um, so, you know, another pretty nihilistic, uh, depressing minute, I think. <laughs> um, yep. so yeah, st- to start with the words, we're not getting out of here alive is, you know, <laughs> kind of sets the tone. And everyone's kind of cool about it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. No one's like, well, what if we try this or how about we just, we don't die. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's interesting because there isn't a character like that who like speaks up and is like, you know, but there's got to be something we can, you know, like you think that like every movie is supposed to have that character and this one either doesn't or we just don't get to, get to see it. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and yeah, I guess I, I like to think that it's because maybe they don't really truly believe that that's going to happen. Like they still are holding out hope that somehow they're going to get out of this and, you know, they're just kind of posturing. This is so, this is kind of like a macho movie. So, you know, maybe that's is them just being like, yep you know, pulling out their belts, like, yep, we got to do what we got to do. Like, doesn't matter if we make it out, but they're really, they're like, yeah, but we're going to make it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But I do like how it kind of, it like right after he says that and we get a Gary and Nall's reactions, we cut away like immediately. Like it's almost like uh, Carpenter doesn't want us to think about it that much yet. Like, right. Like they don't get a chance to really say anything about it. And we don't really get much of a chance to think about it because we cut and it's like, Ooh, dynamite explosion. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it's really good eye acting, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the, I guess, the realization that he's right, but there's still a determination there for both of them. Yeah. Where they're, like, scared and determined, and they're like, well, maybe we'll survive somehow, because that's just, I think your brain is programmed to think that. Yeah, most definitely. Or at least movie brains are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's probably just a pretty genuine human reaction to be like, like, I think it's, it's hard for anybody to probably accept that reality. And, but 
and you know it's probably part of your survival instinct right to kind of like you know it's like the whole like you visualize what you want to happen like probably it's part of the survival instinct to visualize that like yeah like a helicopter will show up like we'll be fine (laughs) yeah um but yeah you're right there's a lot of good eye acting in this part of the movie particularly with Nalls who like I think maybe I, I I could be wrong. Like I guess we'll see in a couple of uh, minutes later this week. I feel like we almost don't see his entire face for the rest of the movie. Like you only ever see like just his eyes or just his mouth. Like when he's got like uh-huh. the goggles on. So because he's an alien. Ah, you gotta throw out the nulls theory now. <laughs> Everyone's an alien. <laughs> no, I love nulls because he's like the one person who I you can almost never suspect like he never does anything really suspicious more or less. And he's just like, Hey man, like I'm just the cook. Like, like, (laughs) like I'm just here with my roller skates. Like this is like my, my, uh, my internship at, at culinary school. Like, (laughs) like I did not ask for this. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's kind of, he gets the short end of the stick a lot in this movie because he's such like a fun character in the beginning. Like you're like, Oh man, he's going to be like the, the cool guy that we can always like count on for comic relief. And he gets like, after the moment when he thinks McCready is uh, infected, Nalls is just like very quiet. Like, I'm just going to stay back in the back now and, and kind of <laughs> mind my business. <laughs> it's a smart way to do it. Honestly, probably it's like a, we, we brought it up a few times, but um, you ever played a werewolf or yes, yes. This movie is like, uh, like the movie version of werewolf where like you could probably watch this movie and pick up some strategies on how to survive in that game like <laughs> like that's what every time i play werewolf that's my strategy is like just just be quiet like don't accuse anybody <laughs> only chime in when i'm asked like that's that's maybe but then of course at some point they're all like he's being real suspiciously quiet <laughs> right. at some point it always turns into that yeah, you have to find the way to put like just that little bit of extra talk, like agreeing, just like nodding and being like, yeah, every once in a while. Right. Or no. <laughs> yeah, like only contribute as much as you have to, but but not right. enough that it seems like you're trying to put people on some kind of track of, of paranoia or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this movie, uh, this is definitely, they could have made this uh, this into a card game just like Werewolf, I think, probably. Yep. Um. So yeah, so after we get that kind of a uh, depressing moment, then we get another kind of action heavy bit here where they're going to blow up the uh, UFO. So they light some sticks of dynamite and uh, drop it down. And I think they're pretty lucky that the dynamite rolls just absolutely perfectly down that little tunnel. Like, <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> it was a pretty long tunnel, it seemed like, when they were walking down it. And when he first threw the dynamite in, I was like, he's not even going to check and see if it gets there because it's not that close. Right. <laughs> like... I, well, A, I, you know, they're being a little cavalier about, like, I would drop it down there and then, like, get the hell out. Like, like I feel like if it didn't roll down, that they'd be in major trouble. Like, there's no way these guys would survive. <laughs> so yeah. for them to, yeah, I mean, either you'd have to go down there. And, I mean, we see later, like, they've got the ability to do, like, really long fuses. Like, I'm not sure why they don't just, you know, set it down there with, like, a five-minute timer and then get out or something. But I guess it's not as cool. McCready doesn't care. McCready's too cool. And he, he knows terrain and dynamite so well that he knew it was going to roll. <laughs> right. And he's an alien. <laughs> yeah. If we look up his, uh, you know, if he had a, if, if this were Star Wars and there was a expanded universe of the thing, there would definitely be a, um, a Wikipedia article about how in the past, you know, his specialty when he was in Vietnam was like throwing explosives down like long hills or something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, we could let's uh, let's assume that. So yeah, it's a pretty badass little moment. Throws the dynamite down the down the tunnel, and then uh, then we get the first of many, many, many 
giant explosions that are to come in this uh this last part of the movie um and it's a pretty good explosion <laughs> it is a good one it always i was it still makes you wonder i'm like i feel like they're too close to that explosion even though it did roll for a while so like that's a pretty there was no like two second pause where i'm like oh they could have definitely gone out right i'm like it's they think one of them got it you could possibly have died in that so yeah, we'll see in this minute alone, we'll see a lot of instances that like both the characters and uh, the actors themselves are doing some pretty dangerous things. <laughs> it's been a running uh-huh. theme with this podcast. There's like all kinds of stuff that like would definitely have not passed like union approval now if they filmed this movie. Yeah. Um, there's some like like actors with real flamethrowers and, and flares like six inches from their face. <laughs> like, yeah, this there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly. So I doubt the actors were around when the actual explosion happened in this case, but the characters certainly were, it seems like. And uh, yeah, they. I think I would have gotten a lot farther back than uh, yeah. than, than they were. <laughs> I love I love the shot of that explosion, um, just because I think it's a cool explosion, which, you know, explosions are always cool. But um, <laughs> it's pretty neat because I like the way that it like, it like lights up the entire frame for like a few seconds. And like, you know, because everything's like totally dark before it happens. And it lights up everything and like the frame is like completely bright and orange. And then as the fire starts to die down just a little, you can really see like almost like a vignetting of the darkness around it, like kind of sink back in. Yeah. It's really It's like that, that brief beacon of hope. Yeah, exactly. Because that fire is warm first and you know that it's going to, it's doing its job, but it's kind of that bright light of like look we're doing something that's right and we're gonna survive this and then as it goes back down again you're like oh no that was just one fun explosion of many but you're still going to still going to die yeah it's like i'd never really noticed it before because it's you know it's one of those things that maybe it works subconsciously but you wouldn't probably really notice it as as like an obvious thing until you watch it minute by minute like this but it is a really cool kind of visual representation of that like like, yeah, like we did it. We exploded it. But then like, yeah, the darkness is like seeping back in very, very like even like five seconds after this huge explosion, like it's already starting to get dark again. Like this is a, this is only a temporary solution. Yep. And it's a shame that it's just the two extremes right now where it's like it's going to be extra cold and you see the fire and that signifies warmth. Mm-hmm. But you can't burn a fire for four months. Right. <laughs> so it's like this weird, like that fire is man. What dif- makes mankind different from any other animal is our ability to create warmth and big, cook food and all of that. And it's like, cool, that's, we have fire now. And then you're like, well, no, you can't really lay in it and you can't stay out in the snow. So you're like two extremes of places you can't really survive. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, the movie does a really good job of kind of using that fire and ice thing and, and two, I, you know, I never thought about that, but the whole like primitive use of fire is, is kind of an interesting idea too, because it is almost like, you know, they, they, up until this point, they've been trying to use like logic and science to beat the thing. And I think at this point, they're kind of realizing that they, that's not going to work because it's, it's just too, it's too far ahead of human, humankind that the fact that it can take over and play tricks on you and all this stuff, they're just like, all right, we're going back to like the basics, like fire. That's the only way we're going to get rid of this thing. Like back to primitive, uh, primitive weapons here. Uh huh. Let's see. I need flares, a parka, kerosene, dog food. Wow. Who knew moving to an Antarctic base would be so expensive? And I haven't even started looking for roller skates and giant hats yet. 
It's a good thing I'm using Amazon so I can get the best price and get this stuff fast. And since I'm using thethingminute.com slash Amazon, a small portion of my purchase goes to help The Thing Minute to help support the podcast. Now, if I can just get some of the listeners to use thethingminute.com slash Amazon, I might just be able to afford that flamethrower. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's that's McCready's go-to. Like, it, it's been a running thing, too, that I, I, um, Alex, many, many, many weeks ago, brought up this really interesting point that um, the McCready's, like, defining personality trait uh, that we see from the very first scene of him with the chess computer is that he's, like, intensely involved in the game and is, like, ready to be you know, take charge and be the leader and, and play the game. But as soon as the game turns sour and it looks like he's not going to win, he will literally destroy the game rather than lose. And yeah. Like, and that's like kind of what this moment is here. Like he's like, all right, you know, if, if I can't win, then I'm just going to blow everything up. And whether I survive or not, doesn't matter. Like that's, that's how we're going to beat this thing. Yep. That's a good theory. So after they destroy it, we get that cool explosion. Uh, we cut to, we're like in this dark interior. We don't really know what's happening. And then suddenly a tractor crashes through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird. This this minute, if you just take it by itself, is this weird like little action movie in the middle of the ending, this like very depressing, solemn end of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so It's yeah. like they've seen movies and they're like, this is, how you kill things with explosions. Yeah, like the characters had like just seen, um, I don't know, Die Hard or something. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they crash it in there. And, you know, it's funny to me that I did not know that the tractor was still drivable because it seems like that's something that uh, either Blair would have trashed earlier when he's, you know, making an attempt to keep the thing out, out from escaping. Um, right. Wasn't there a line that said... The caterpillar was like mostly destroyed or something like that. I think there was a line that alluded to it. Yeah. So I think it's when um, when Blair is like trashing up the radio room and McCready's like, go go see what kind of damage you did outside. And, and Childs goes and looks and he says something about like, yeah, he, he wrecked up the tractor pretty good or something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, that made it seem like it could still run, but not function the way it's supposed to. So I guess it could crash pretty hard into a... Uh, a building. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's drivable just enough that it could go like the 30 feet or whatever to crash through the wall, but not enough to like escape to, to use as an escape vehicle for either the people or for the thing. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> there is a little thing where, and I can't tell if it's true or not, but when, like when the caterpillar first crashes into the room, mm-hmm. uh, you see, Nalls open the door. The gas can is on the top of the door, and it was on the bottom of the door before. Oh, let me see. On, on the actual caterpillar? Oh, when yeah. they cut to when he gets out of it. Yeah, so when you look at it, the, that can's on the bottom, and then when he tries to open the door, it's at the top. Oh, totally, the yeah. Only, the only reason I noticed that is because, well, number one, I watch movies by the minute all the time. <laughs> uh, but having that gas can on the bottom makes complete sense. And when he was trying to get out and the can was in the way of the door, when I watched the movie the first time, I was like, why would you put a can? Because I watch movies logically instead of having fun, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would you put a gas can at the top of the door so you can't get out right? And then I looked back and I was like, oh, wait, I think that that was a tiny little mess up. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that 100% proves that he's the thing. 100%. Yep. He's an alien. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't noticed that. But yeah, you're right. Even even 
outside of it being a continuity error, why would you hang a gas can like at the top of the door like that? It's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And I, it's, it's funny. It's hard to even tell who that is when they get out. I, I, I'm pretty sure it is Nulls, but yeah, it's um like, I'm, I'm wondering how they decided who got to drive the tractor through the wall. It's like the last fun thing these guys will ever get to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also the walls are really flimsy for being in Antarctica. <laughs> this is true. Like, We've seen a lot of evidence of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Gary smashes through a window, like no problem. The thing like walks through a wall earlier when it, when the Palmer thing got ca- caught on fire, like just walked right through it. And then, yep. yeah, they just crashed through like no issue here. Like, yeah, that's the only piece where like, for the most part, I think most of this stuff looks pretty, um, pretty genuine. Like I could, I'm totally, I totally believe that it's a real Antarctic base, but yeah, the walls definitely, uh, you think there'd be some insulation there or something like <laughs> some pretty serious yeah. insulation. So yeah, good call on that. Maybe they're just dry- like, I don't know what they're crashing into here. It's hard to tell what room this is. Maybe it's just like the garage. Maybe it's just a garage door. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. It could be their garage. In that case, use the garage door opener crazy. <laughs> There's no time. There's no time. They must burn everything. <laughs> So they crash through, and then uh, I, I guess the idea here is just to use the gas in the um, in the caterpillar to to make whatever they're going to burn up and 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 blow up an even bigger explosion just to help it last even longer. So um, so they start cracking open the I guess the gas tanks on the back with the, with an axe, which you know by itself seems fairly dangerous. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know that I'd use an axe to break open that like. You know, you could probably spark something there. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's it's one of those, you know, I think that's probably one of the warning things they have up at the gas station. Like, you know, don't turn your car on while while you're while you're doing it. Don't smoke outside and don't hit your gas tank with a with an axe. <laughs> while you're filling up. Not a good yeah, idea. Every pump, every pump says that it's burned into my memory. But um, on top of that, like not only are they just like crashing into this gas tank with an axe, but like they immediately like <laughs> Every two seconds, somebody's got to light a flare in this movie when they're outside. And like, there's like gas flowing everywhere. And they're just like, yep, let me light up this flammable thing right here. Even though I've got a flashlight on my forehead, like I need this flammable object right next to me. Why don't they have, why don't they have lights like Coleman (laughs) lanterns or anything like that? Yeah, a lantern would have been a good option. You know, we I can't remember when we talked about this, but a long, long time back we talked about how this movie is almost devoid of flashlights and that it's probably just a... That was probably like a um, cinematography thing where they're like, yeah, but that's way less interesting than these like cool pink-purple flares that we can have kind of lighting things up and it contrasts with the blue really well. And, you know, I get that. But yeah, it, from a logical standpoint, it's like you'd think these guys would have plenty of that stuff, especially considering... They're in Antarctica where it's dark for like several months in the year, like solid. Yeah. Like you don't get you daytime. Need, <laughs> especially they're there in the winter. Like it's just, ugh. they should have more lights and not rely on one generator. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, these guys are not the best. There's probably a much more, like there's an alternate version of this movie that takes place at a, another outpost in Antarctica where the guys are like much better prepared <laughs> where they've like got flashlights and like, they're like, Oh, good thing. We've got like this third backup generator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, this would be like no problem for those guys. I did. Uh, so checking in on the script at this part. Uh, 
So last time we left them, they uh, the line had been snapped by some mysterious thing in the dark. And so they're struggling to get back. And as they're running back to the base, um, they're hearing like this screeching creature behind them. So you don't see anything yet, but you hear it. Um, and they, they bust in through a window and jump into the base. And uh, it's this... It's a room that is not in the finished cut of the movie. It's a, a plant room, um, which is kind of funny. Like earlier in the movie, there's there would have been a moment, a deleted scene where uh, its child's was growing. He had like a, a bunch of marijuana plants in the, in the like uh, green room of the base, which is like a pretty good gag. Like I, I could have, I could, I could see that deleted scene. That'd be kind of interesting. But um, yeah, so that's where they they land in there, and uh, they see the body of Fuchs, who in the script is. He's he's like killed more like a slasher movie. He gets um, he gets attacked with I think it's a shovel. I can't remember what it is, but it's oh something my. something that's long enough and sharp enough that it's pinned him to a wall, <gasps> and he's still there when they go back. Like they've already found him at this point, not not long before this part of the movie, but he's still there, which is very creepy. There's a Jesus. lot of just like corpses hanging around in this movie that like. Like at any point, like during the blood test, at any point, if you're like resting easy, you're like, oh yeah, there's like two dead bodies tied up like five feet from us. <laughs> so aye, aye, aye. It's another one of those moments where just like they kind of remember what, what's happened and you kind of realize like, oh yeah, we're down to like three guys and there were originally 12 of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at in the script. They make it inside, they escape the, the creature temporarily um, and they're they're trying to figure out what to do next. So I think that's that's all the notes that I had for this for ninety two in particular. Did you have anything we didn't uh, didn't bring up? Nope, that was it. My big thing was the gas can. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty weird continuity <laughs> error for sure. I definitely had not noticed that. Yeah, it's an odd one. But um, yeah, so I think that'll wrap up uh, minute ninety two. But um, in the meantime, you can always check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the Thing Minute. So you can uh, join in the conversation there. Give us your theories about how that gas can got up to the door and what that means for Nall's future. Um, So, uh, you know, fill us in. Let us know what you think. But uh, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out. Harper.